Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. It is Women's International Women's Month here in the month of March, and I wanted to talk with a local doctor, Dr. Peter Lassiter, about orthopedic care for women. He's from Synergy Health Partners, Mendelssohn Kornblum Group, a group of healthcare providers who focus on orthopedic care. Dr. Lassiter, how are you today? Great, Vanessa. Thanks for having me today. So I want to talk about, we're talking about women's sports and community building. And so what kind of typical injuries do you see in women's sports today? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of common things that we see are knee injuries, um, whether it just be uh, like a sprain or a strain, um, meniscal tears, uh, ACL injuries. Uh, ACL injuries tend to be um, uh, a higher prevalence of those in uh, female athletes as compared to male athletes. So that's definitely something that, that we're seeing more. You know, I remember a few years ago, um, Dr. Lester, I remember covering ER uh, stories when I was a full-time reporter about injuries. And they said that the ER doctors, and I don't know if this is true from an orthopedic uh, standpoint, but the number one injuries they were seeing was actually with basketball players. And I was actually surprised by that um, at that time. This was a few years ago. Is there mm -hmm. one sport that you see more injuries than others? Yeah, when when it comes to you know, if we're talking still about ACL injuries in women, yeah. kind of the, the highest risk sports are soccer is a big one. Um, volleyball is another one. Basketball definitely um, is, is one too. I'd say, you know, classically probably soccer is one you hear about a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And, and really the, the kind of reason for that is uh, just, just because of uh, differences in kind of, uh, how muscles work and, and which uh, muscles are pulling stronger in, in women compared to uh, men kind of puts them at higher risk for ACL injuries. Um, they've, they've done some research which show that uh, females can have kind of different landing patterns when they're, you know, coming, jumping and coming down in the air. And that's one of the reasons that uh, puts them at higher risk for tearing their ACLs. So my daughter um, skates. She was a, a competitive figure skater for a while, and then she went from skating to hockey. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, I remember there's a lot of injuries with skaters too. Can you speak to that sport? I mean, I just know like when you land, you talked about landing. I know with the jumps, we, we would see a lot of uh, skaters have serious injuries too. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely if, if you're taking a hard fall on the ice that can uh, cause some, uh, bad injuries as well. You know, I, I'd say the thing to look for would be, you know, fractures, whether it be wrist fractures, if you're kind of coming down and landing on your, your hand outstretched, um, ankle fractures or sprains, um, would definitely be another one that you would be at risk for. So Dr. Lassiter, from an overall perspective, how has women's sports, um, affected orthopedic care today? You know, I think we're, we're starting more and more to try and, uh, develop, um, protocols and plans that are focused more on women's orthopedic health. Um, I just had a, a meeting 
last week with um, my my practice, some of the people who help run the physical therapy um, department of my my practice, and we're trying to develop a uh, kind of ACL prevention program. We're calling it, which is uh, tailored towards female athletes because of the the higher risk they have with with ACL injuries. And uh, this is something there's kind of been a lot more research on uh, the past few years. And and we're finding, you know, if we can get to these female athletes and um, go through a a rehab protocol, it'll uh, decrease the risk that they can have ACL tears um, throughout the season. So it's more preventative than it is if actually they had an ACL tear. Yeah, correct. So how, how does that work? Like, what do you, how would you work with an athlete today? So it's um, setting up a protocol, which they can vary in length, you know, I'd say on average, maybe six weeks or so. And, and the goal is to kind of get to them before they, they start the season. So if they're um, starting a soccer season, you know, starting this uh, couple weeks uh, before and um, you know, everyone's um, plan is a little bit different, but it involves uh, you know, strengthening neuromuscular control, working on landing mechanics. So you um, are, are less at risk for carrying ACL if you kind of land in more of a, a certain way. Um, and doing that, uh, you know, sessions can range anywhere from, you know, 10 to 30 minutes and, and doing that a couple times a week. So Dr. Lester, for people listening here in your community may need a fresher, a, a freshen up of what is the ACL and how, how common is it for it to tear? Yeah. So ACL stands for anterior cruciate ligament and uh, they call it a cruciate ligament because uh, the other ligament that people have probably heard of is the PCL. That's the posterior cruciate ligament. So the, the ACL uh, is uh, in the middle of the knee along with the, the PCL and they kind of make a, a cross um, between the two of them. So that's how the, the name cruciate gets there. Um, and the, the ACL runs from the end of your uh, thigh bone or your femur uh, and then uh, connects to the, the top of your shin bone or the, the tibia. And uh, it's kind of got two main functions. You know, uh, one main function is it kind of prevents the, the shin bone or the tibia from sliding too far forward in relation to the, the thigh bone. Um, so providing stability to the knee with that regard. And then it also prevents uh, the, the shin bone from twisting or rotating too much in relation to the, the femur. So in, in those two instances, it, it, it helps provide a lot of stability to the knee. So Dr. Lasseter, if, if, if a man and a woman uh, suffer the same kind of injury, is the recovery different? I mean, do men and women recover different from the same kind of injury? You know, I'd say the, uh, you know, if they end up having surgery and going through post-operative uh, rehab and things like that, altogether, I'd say, no, you know, we're still having the same goals after surgery that, that comes in stages with, you know, stage one after surgery is, you know, getting the, the pain and swelling down and getting the, the patient's range of motion back to normal. After you get that, then you start focusing more on strengthening and then you can move more into jogging and running and things like that plyometric exercises and then kind of the the very end is 
if it's a competitive athlete, kind of getting them back to uh, whatever sport that they were playing. And, you know, the, the rehab process can kind of focus and tailor in on that. And that involves the, the physical therapists. If there are uh, athletic trainers or anything uh, like that who are associated with the, the patient's team, uh, they can be involved in well as well. So, I mean, it, it depends, you know, if there are different sports that we're trying to get back to towards the, the end that can, um, you know, change the approach a little bit. Um, but in all, you know, the, the basic goals between males and females are the, the same when it does get back um, to, to rehab after ACL surgery. And can that take weeks, months, so you can get back to playing the sport? Yeah, uh, months for sure. Um, okay. You know, usually what I tell my patients is that uh, kind of at the earliest, what you should expect to be able to get back to playing competitive sports is around nine months or so. And it can take up to a year sometimes. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a bummer for a lot of the athletes, yeah. right? And you know, they have yeah. to be out of a sport. Dr. Peter Lassiter is who we're talking to here on Nature Community, a surgeon with Synergy Health Partners, Mendelssohn, Cornblum, a group of healthcare providers who focus on orthopedic care. I remember many, many years ago, uh, Dr. Lassiter, I was rollerblading with my nieces and nephews who were very young at the time. And I fell and I, my sister insisted that it was a sprain. And I said, no, I think I broke my wrist. And she's like, no. No, it's just a sprain, just a sprain. Well, I insisted on going to the ER and it was broken. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> how do we, can we tell the difference between a sprain and a break? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, in an instance like that, it, it can be very difficult to, to tell, you know, without having x-rays of what's just a sprain and what's a break. Um, my advice would be, you know, if you have a significant uh, fall or event or something where you injure yourself and you have a lot of pain and, and swelling in that area, my advice would be seek medical attention and, and find out for sure with an x-ray because, you know, sometimes sprains can, can be very swollen and painful and it's, it's not a break and sometimes breaks might not be as, as bad as a bad sprain sometimes, but you really have to just know for sure by getting x-rays. So I'd say that's, that's the final determinant. So on, the, on that note then, um, Dr. Lasseter, when do we know when to go to the urgent care or ER opposed to try to treat ourselves or wait to a doctor appointment? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, if it's, if it's an injury that's uh, in your, your leg or your ankle or your foot or, or something like that, um, for sure, if, you, if you're having trouble walking or putting weight on that leg, that can be an indicator that there's something else going on. So I'd say if you're, if you're having trouble um, walking or putting weight, I, I would recommend uh, seeking medical attention in that instance. If it's something involving your, your arm or wrist or, or something like that, you know, you kind of have to, to look at, you know, is there a lot of swelling? Are you having a lot of pain if you're trying to, to move that joint? You know, in, in your case, it'd be like, do you have pain if you're moving your wrist joint? If you injured your elbow, are you having a lot of pain if you're trying to move your elbow? Same thing with your shoulder. Um, so th those, are, those are kind of some of the things you, you look at if you need to 
get more medical attention if you're having those symptoms. Yeah, I remember Dr. Lester when I fell at rollerblading and I insisted I broke it. I, within an hour, my whole wrist just blew up. It just yeah. swelled up. Yep. And then um, I was in so much pain, I couldn't do any. I couldn't do anything with my right hand. Right. And I kept it. She was like, no, no, we're just going to put ice on it. I'm like, no, I'm telling you it's broken. Uh-huh. So, so it was broken. Yeah. And, yeah, it. Yeah. and it was the day before my sister's bridal shower and six weeks before my sister's wedding and my mom was very oh, no. upset because i had a yeah. i had a cast on i had to beg the doctors to take the cast off the day before the wedding i mean please my mom will kill me if i have a cast in these wedding pictures yeah injuries <laughs> so, always seem to happen with very convenient timing i know <laughs> i know so uh, dr lester i know you talked a little bit about preventative care and a program that you have but are there other ways to prevent injury um, if you're getting back into a sport or trying, maybe even trying a new sport, I mean, any way to, that we can overall prevent injuries. Yeah. You know, I I'd say to start with, you know, anytime you're, you're going out and doing any type of exercise or new sport, you know, for that uh, day, you know, do proper stretching uh, before starting, getting warmed up, getting your heart rate up. And this just helps your, your muscles and tendons, uh, loosen up and, and provides more flexibility overall. And that'll prevent you from, um, you know, injuring yourself that day, hopefully. Um, if, if you're just picking up a new sport and it's, you know, something that you're not used to, uh, my recommendation would be, you know, ease into it. Don't take it, take it slow. Don't try and go, you know, zero to a hundred day one, uh, cause that's a lot of times how, how injuries can happen. If you kind of have to let your, your body adjust and, uh, get conditioned into getting into a, a new sport or activity. Okay. So Dr. Lassiter, does, does climate play a role in how we, uh, warm up or stretch before an exercise like Michigan's weather versus being in Florida? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'd say it's, it's even more important to make sure you're getting uh, properly warmed up and stretching if you're planning to go out in the cold and run or something like that, just because uh, your your body is already going to be exposed to, to colder temperatures. So you want to make, make sure you're that much more warmed up and your, your muscles and tendons are, are loose to uh, avoid injury. Um, you know, make sure to, to wear the proper clothing. If you're going out, depending on the activity and the weather and things like that, dress in layers, um, to, to stay warm, but not to overheat. And you can take layers off if you're, um, uh, getting too hot. Uh, and then just being mindful of the conditions. Is it wet? Is it slippery? Uh, avoid falling and things like that because of the weather. Yeah. I, I mean, I see too, like sometimes when you're in black ice, you can even be just, I know from my experience, walking the dog and fall, you know what I mean? Cause of, cause yeah. of black ice and not realize it's ice on yeah. the ground. So hopefully we're moving any, past any that. activity in Michigan weather can be hazardous. So yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so Dr. Peter Lasseter, when someone is looking for an orthopedic uh, care provider, such as yourself or surgeon, what kinds of questions should they be asking? What should they look for? So they know they're picking a, a good, a, you know, the proper one for them. Yeah. You know, I, I think when looking for an orthopedic provider, you know, you want to find somebody who you're comfortable with, who will listen to you, um, 
you know, somebody who's going to sit down and kind of give you the time to, to fully hear your story out and examine you and uh, kind of go through the, the proper process of, of working an injury up. So, so we talked a little bit about recovery, I know, but I want to get back to that. How important is it that people re- give themselves enough time? You said sometimes up to a year to recover so they don't re-injure that part of their body. Yeah, I mean, uh, the re- recovery portion uh, is a crucial part, and especially in, uh, you know, ACL surgery and things like that, you know, the the surgery is kind of just the, the tip of the iceberg. And then uh, for the patient, you know, the, the long haul is the, the months uh, down the road after that. And and really, you know, to, to do the rehab properly, you have to go regularly and often. You have to get to know your therapist very well. And, and really what you're doing by the end there is you're, you're strengthening that knee or whatever it is in order to get you back into sports. So you can have a, uh, a new ACL that, that we, you know, put in during surgery, but you have to have the surrounding um, muscle strength and, and things of that nature to support the knee because, you know, if, you're, if your muscles are weak and you try and go back to playing sports, it's not, not going to go well. You know, we're talking, we're talking uh, primarily about women's sports today here with you because it's International Women's Month, but does, does pediatric um, orthopedic care differ much from adult care because children are still growing, like they sustain an injury? Yes, definitely. You know, there, there's a whole subspecialty for pediatric orthopedics. Um, There are people who do uh, special fellowships just focusing on pediatric orthopedic surgery and uh, kind of the, the uh, thing that, you know, we kind of always say in medicine is that, you know, children aren't just like small human or small adults, you know, they are small humans, but they aren't yeah. just like small, small adults. They, they have uh, their bodies work differently. Um, you know, whether it comes to you know, how they react to, to drugs and medications and things like that. But when it comes to, uh, uh, orthopedic side of things, um, they're they drastically different. You know, if uh, if a child uh, breaks their bone, you know they they will heal that a lot faster than an adult will. And you can also um, uh, have a lot more lenience in in you know what you treat without surgery as compared to to what needs surgery in an adult. And that's because the in children the the bones heal a lot more um, uh, efficiently and, and quicker because their bones are still growing. Um, they, their bones are what we call remodeling as they're growing. So if a bone is, you know, healing in, in a, a, you know, more angulated direction or something like that, it, it can correct over with time uh, and then gets to a point when they're adults that, you know, it's hard to even tell they had a fracture or something like that. Um, you know, the other other thing it uh, comes down to with children, you know, if we're talking about, let's just say, ACL uh, injuries, you know, it's kind of a different ballgame with um, children, you know, the younger they are because of uh, things like growth plates and things like that kind of um, change the way we uh, approach uh, injuries and surgeries and things like that. Mm-hmm. So... 
Dr. Peter Lester, if somebody is injured, they end up in the ER or their doctor's office or primary care office. Do they often get referred to you by the by another physician? I'd say, yeah, a lot of times they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we see quite a few patients who um, initially had come through the ER um, and if there wasn't anything to kind of keep them at the hospital and, and have them stay admitted, then they're discharged and then are told to follow up with orthopedic surgery. Um, same thing goes with, um, uh, you know, having uh, people come in to see their primary care doctor and then, you know, primary care doctor may order some x-rays or something and then find out that they have arthritis or concern for an injury or something like that. So then they'll, they'll come up and um, end up with us uh, in, uh, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a, a positive thing that our practice is uh, just um, starting and we're, we're planning to, to open up next week is a, an orthopedic urgent care through our practice. Um, and the, the hope that we have with that is, you know, if people have injuries to their extremities that, that uh, uh, needs orthopedic um, expertise and attention that, you know, they can come and see us um, seven days a week and we can, you know, take x-rays or um, set up further um, tests or imaging um, down the line that they may need. Uh, I think, you know, especially in this day and age with uh, COVID and um, hospitals and ERs getting overpopulated, I think everyone's a little weary still of having to go to the hospital unless they absolutely have to. And, you know, it kind of provides another option to patients if they have um, an injury or something like that that needs to be looked at. Where's that located, Dr. Lasseter? Where's your, where's that going to be located? Yeah. So um, we're going to have a one orthopedic urgent care open up at our Livonia office location, um, which is on uh, five mile Newburgh, Newburgh, just across from uh, St. Mary's hospital. So that'll be opening up. Uh, I believe it should be opening next week is what the plan is. Um, and then uh, we're going to have a second location um, up in uh, kind of the Sterling Heights uh, Utica area with um, a facility we're partnering with the Greg Grant Sportsplex. So that one's still, uh, they're still kind of um, uh, finishing up with the building and the permits and things like that. Um, but the hope is like in the next uh, month or so that hopefully that one will be up and running as well. Great. Any any information you want to share with our listeners, a website, phone number, anything like that? Uh, yeah. So our um, website here, let me just make sure that I'm telling you for some clarification for listeners so they're not uh, confused. A parent company is called Synergy Health Partners. Um, and called Mendelssohn Kornblum Orthopedics. Uh, Mendelssohn Kornblum Orthopedics is uh, a name I think a lot of people probably uh, heard because it's uh, a practice that's been around for over 50 years. Um, uh, one of the founders uh, and another of uh, some of my partners uh, here helped, helped start the practice um, over 50 years ago. Mm. Um, but uh, so we still want to kind of uh, preserve that name. But then, you know, we're, we're trying to 
kind of have a, a broad uh, approach to musculoskeletal care. We have, other than just orthopedics, you know, we have uh, pain management uh, doctors, rheumatology, podiatry, spine, uh, things like that. So that's uh, kind of the, the Synergy Health Partners is um, uh, encompassing all that. But our, our uh, website is just MendelssohnOrtho.com. Um, and if you go there, then you'll, you'll see links to kind of all of our different, uh, uh, areas with musculoskeletal care. Great. Dr. Peter Lasseter, thank you for joining us here on It's Your Community. Yeah. Great. Great to be here. Thanks, Vanessa. Great. Great conversation. It is, uh, International Women's Month. We are talking about women in sports and orthopedic care with Dr. Peter Lasseter here. If any questions or comments or topics you want me to get to, you can go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can email me from there. You can also go to any of my social media platforms, including Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook or Vanessa Denhagarmo on Twitter, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. As always, remind our listeners to connect, communicate, and collaborate with your community. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. It's your community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.